Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, my name's Pastor Andrew Staggs. If we have not met yet, I'm a friend of Elevation Hills. Is this right, Pastor Sanjeev? I've been here a few, a few times and um, in my other world, I'm from Brisbane, City Point Ministry College. I'm the principal there and I've been there for about eight years under the leadership of Pastor Mark and Lee Ramsey there, one of the great churches of the nation. It's almost 50 years old. It's amazing. God, word is faith preached uh, preach faithfully on a Sunday night. So um, I had a chance to bring the word tonight. I'm quite excited. And I, I thank your pastors, Pastor Miles and Bonnie Pudgerton, for their trust. There are great ministry colleagues, and Miles just like an energizer bunny sometimes. It's like a, you get a can of Red Bull, shake it up, open up, and there's Pastor Miles. He's just so full of life and so full of energy, and I really, I really rate that. And so we've been praying, a bunch of us have been praying for your church as you consider 2023 and you chart the next phase of leadership transition from Pastor Ross and Kathy and your locations and how that's all going to work out. So all the best with that. You're going to have vision leaked out for, for the, what God has got in store for this great church here in, in Sydney, where Jesus lives in Sydney, doesn't he? Well, that's the propaganda I was given. It says in the notes, mention that Sydney is the centre of revival. So I'm just doing, doing what I'm told right there. So it's good. Well, we're in a new series, as the pastors have said, uh, week number one, part number one. We had a lot of great fun this morning. So I feel like, is this right, Lindsay? I feel like I'm a power hitter brought off the bench and I'm... Um, been totally in form, ready to go. They've given me lots of Gatorade and I've had a nice bath. I'm ready to go because I'm really sensing something really powerful on this message and on this series and what God is wanting to do in your life of the church. Um, this, this series is going to be a deep dive into the book of Acts. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. For some of you who haven't read your Bible for seven days, I'm just locating where we are in, in it. And, and it's where the believers first gathered. And it was where you might have heard Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. The, the Holy Spirit was poured out in a phenomenal, significant way. I, I run a, a class on a Monday night called Holy Spirit and a 13-week class. And week two, I talk about, you know, the Bible. Holy Spirit's all through the Bible. If you look at all 66 books of the Bible, I think there's only two out of the 66 where the Holy Spirit's not mentioned or alluded to. So he's been around a long time. So it's not the book of Acts, but... You read Genesis 1.1, he's there, right there, creative, creating, hovering, illuminating, making stuff happen. But this, this book is about the book of Acts, where we see the believers, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. They're first called Christians in this, in this time period. God's people are gathered and says they're empowered by Holy Spirit. And there's this thing on the day of uh, Pentecost called baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about, about that tonight. Then... In that time, we read about the Apostle Paul, one of the early church leaders, a wise man. I've done a fair bit of study in my life, and I'm a bit of a fanboy on the Apostle Paul. I love the fact that he wrote letters to all these churches and 28 chapters of the book of Acts, but you have a whole heap of letters that are running concurrently at the same time. And like a spiritual father, he's giving encouragement, guidance, but in discipline, giving instruction on how to live this thing called the Spirit-filled life, how to walk in the Spirit, how to live in the Spirit. One Greek version said how to, keep in, how to march, how to keep in step with the ways of the Holy Spirit. 
And I see Acts and the Paul of writings all come, which is what your pastors are wanting to achieve in this, uh, this wonderful series. The, the idea of Holy Spirit's power, God living within us, God coming close, Jesus saying, I've got to go because I'm going to send someone who's going to live within you. That is a phenomenal thing. Um, I was reading last week a, a quote by an atheist, and they said of the Christian faith with this spiritual life, they go, it's genius. People who don't even believe in God say, this is a genius of a faith, the Spirit-filled life. That God wants to partner with us and He wants His presence to be within us so that He can get other people saved, healing power flowing, revelation, supernatural courage for the everyday available to us. It's It's awesome. If you're not on board right now, by the end of the night, I believe you're going to be. And we've been praying in the team that God wants to do something powerful in your life tonight as we stir up. We're going to redig some wells tonight. We're going to uh, break down some theological barriers. When I say Holy Spirit, some of you go, oh, isn't that like Casper the ghost? Yeah, Father, Son, but who's this other guy? One other theological writer, it was like the forgotten stepchild of the Trinity for some of you who are theologically minded. They say there's been this phenomenal, a phenomenological amputation, Father, Son, and that's it. Trinity, it should have been called the duopoly because people have wrestled with this Casper the ghost type mysterious essence of God, but he's meant to be living within us. The idea that God wants to get not only wisdom and his love, you can tell Holy Spirit's around when there's lots of love, lots of community, people working together. One of the other hallmarks is there's power, power to get stuff done. You and I, friends, need power. There's neighbours and work colleagues are waiting on the other end of our prayers to receive the presence of God. God is wanting to place a new measure, a new deposit of His fullness in you so that when you walk into a room, people know that God has arrived in the room. Imagine doing that. Some of you want to be good at emotional intelligence or social skills. I do a lot of coaching on the other side, another part of my world. But I say, take a notice of what happens when you enter a room. Everyone goes, oh, 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 he's here, she's here. Oh, we better be careful here. Imagine walking into the room, being a carrier of the presence of God. One of the hallmarks of a spirit-baptized, spirit-filled believer is that you smell right. There's a fragrance. Mm, it's wonderful. My wife's a nurse. She smells people's breath. She goes, they've got bad skin. They've got... She, she knows, she can tell who's healthy, but even more, she's got a sensory, oh, they're good people, they're carriers of the power and the presence of God. That's what this book of Acts is, and this series is all about. And part of my message tonight is, I want us to go on a journey where we just say, God, I need you, Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit, you're not, no longer just an optional extra anymore. Just like when you go buy a new car. Oh yeah, I'll have power steering and can you chuck air conditioning with that? It's a car, it's a car, but a car without air conditioning and power steering just doesn't work right. My pastor used to say this, you know, like an elephant. Actually, I won't do that because sometimes it doesn't work, that joke. But anyway, I want to be invited back. But anyway, ask me in the break later on and I'll tell you and we can have a bit of a giggle over in the corner. But, uh, but we're wanting to see the Word of God, these, these powerful themes unfold tonight. So help me. Am I the only one in this room? Have you ever seen? No. Oh, No. Oh, you, you, you're very supportive here. I was trying to move on to my next picture. Can you help, help save Anna? She's, is the picture up on the screen? 
Anybody ever seen one of these on the light of their dash? What is it? Yell it out. It's what? It's <laughs> on the dash of your car. We're driving along and this light comes on. Anyone will yell out. What is it? It's an oil light. I'm driving along one night. It's the first time I'd ever seen this. I was driving the company Ute and this light comes on. Yeah, what is this? I look at it. It's quite, a, it's quite a mysterious symbol, but it means you need oil. So I sort of got home and lifted up the bonnet and I got this thing out here. Remember what this is? Yeah, dipstick. <laughs> yeah, don't ever, call, don't ever call people one of these, okay? It's not nice. It's not nice. Call them a weapon head or something else instead. But I, I pull this out. And you're supposed to be able to hold this up to the light. And you're supposed to see glistening, luscious oil keeps the engine going. It was bone dry. Oh, so I remember I had some in the, in the garage. So I put some in. I went down to James, my mechanic. said, mate, that oil light comes on. And uh, it was uh, dry. I pulled it up. Is, is your engine going to be all right? So he listened. He said, you'll be all right. He said, thank God. You know, that would have been a $9,000 repair to fix that in. Like, who would not put oil in their car? Anyway, I worked with a youth worker once. She said her car, her engine was rattling around for a bit of a while, making some funny noises. One day in peak hour traffic on the M1 motorway in Brisbane, car comes to a grinding halt. She realises something's wrong, calls the RCQ. RCQ guy comes out, tries to start it over. That engine is seized. She realised that car ain't going anywhere. Tow truck come and the guy said, um, do you want to put some, did you put oil in the car? And she goes, where, where do you put oil into a car? All right, she obviously didn't know about the dipstick. I'm like a father here trying to educate some of you today. Some of you better go home tonight and check, make sure your oil. Imagine if the oil light in the dash is not working and it just seizes. That just wouldn't be fair, would it? But anyway, you might want to get that checked out with a mechanic too. <laughs> there's a sense that God, like, hey, hey, like, there's oil meant to be in a car. I was coming home from a meeting one day and this guy is pushing his car, pushing it off the side of the road. I instantly felt sorry for him because it made me think like, that was me 10 years ago, pushing my car. Pushing, he goes, yeah, I've run out of gas. I think, well, what have you run out of gas for? He goes, oh, I don't have a lot of money. I'm just skimming. And we pushed him in and I thought, I thought, we got him set up. And I said, you're right. I was happy to give him some money for some fuel because I knew what it was like. Felt like I was wanting to be generous and pay it forward. And, I, and so I helped him out and I said, have you checked the oil lately? And he goes, how do I do that? I thought, mate, there's a train wreck waiting to happen there. This guy's going to spend a lot of money. You look like a smart crowd tonight. I'm talking about oil. I'm talking about fuel. I'm talking about making sure you've got the right stuff in your life. Can you see where we're heading today? An engine needs oil to keep going. Your life needs Holy Spirit and fuel to keep going to live right. Now, some of you have had experience of Holy Spirit before. You know what it feels like to have a touch from heaven. And I would say this. Some of us get dry and we need a top up or we need our oil gets dirty and it needs to be drained out and fresh oil needs to come in again. For some of you tonight like this, do I need oil in my life? I'm here to help you that Bible talks about that when we say yes to Jesus, a deposit of Holy Spirit comes into our heart and mind. It's a beautiful thing. And you know what? The power and presence of God comes in. One of the roles of Holy Spirit at that moment is to give us a guarantee, the assurance, the faith that when time stops and eternity kicks in, a.k.a. when you die, you'll go to heaven to be with him. It's awesome. The Bible, I believe, talks about a second blessing. 
which is being baptised in the Holy Spirit, where basically there's a moment where you, in a moment of surrender, open up your heart and mind to the fullness of God. And God unleashes, unlocks. The Bible talks about rivers of living water will flow out of you and that will give you a new dimension of fullness and satisfaction, fresh oil and fresh power available to you. I remember me, we would talk about this when I was younger in church and some people would come and forward and there'd be moments of encounter. People would pray and then they'd start speaking other tongues. Me, it took me about two years to wrestle through this. I've, I've wrestled through this material trying to work out how is it that I can help people get the fullness of God into their lives. I've been pastoring people a long time. They're good people. They read the word of God, but they do feel dry from time to time. And they realize that there is more. Looking around some of the buff young men here, you're not V12, you're v, V8 engines. You've got your V12 engines, high performance, high capacity. But you need an oil lubricant. You need a, a Holy Spirit lubricant that makes your engine, makes your life live in such a powerful way, more than you'd ever hoped before. So Jesus Christ models the Spirit-filled life beautifully where he is water baptised. And then as we know the story in Luke 4, the heavens open. And it says, like a dove, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And from then on, he was ready for ministry. He was led, filled by the Spirit. He was then led by the Spirit out into 40 days of testing and temptation and deep prayer. And it said, after the 40 days where that power was tested, locked in, he'd become, have an over, a mindset of an overcomer. It said, he left the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. See that? Your power needs to be worked in every part of your life. It's not just like a zaps. God wants us to be carriers of his presence and his power because Jesus then goes in the temple, opens the scrolls, calls from Isaiah the prophetic word, says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to set people free and do a series of awesome things, including setting people free from demonic forces and also to release healing power to people who are broken and hurting. God has got the world wide up awesomely. So he does three years modelling this life and it says, I'm out of here, fellas. It's an amazing thought that he says this and he gets them ready. He takes them on this gentle journey to let them know what the spirit-filled life is going to be. And check out this verse on the screen. Hopefully I got it in my right order today. I got a bit, went a bit AWOL this morning. Is this the one from the book of John? This is what it says here. Oh, I tell you the truth, Jesus. Anyone whose faith in me will do what I have been doing, he will do even greater things than these. <laughs> I read Jesus. He heals people, walks on water, feeds the 5,000, not only once, but twice. Brings healing, breakthrough, declares, um, dies on a cross, smack talks the Pharisees. I'm thinking, I'm going to do better things than that. How the heck is that going to happen? Then he layers out, this is the process, how it's going to happen. Check out this next verse on the screen here. This is Acts 1, verse 4 to 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait. Pray. You know the story in the, early in the book of Acts is 120 people in an upper room. 
and then God comes powerfully, and that's referred to now historically as the day of Pentecost, where of the 66 books of the Bible, Acts becomes the one where Holy Spirit becomes the main man. The Gospels are all about Jesus setting us up for a wind, showing it's how to be done. Acts onwards is about his spirit, power and presence unleashed through believers like you and I doing the hands, uh, doing the works, being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's how he's going to do much greater things because he is multiplying himself across billions of spirit-filled believers. The guy is an absolute genius, but most of all, he wants to get his power and love to hurting broken people who don't even know the name of Jesus. One of the reasons for this is look at the one in Acts 1 verse 8. Why do we have to wait? But you will receive what? Power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and until the ends of the earth. Power. You will receive power. This is power to boldly declare with courage the works and the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but before I was filled with Holy Spirit, people said, like, I, they think I had a, a personality trans, trans, um, transformation. I was like, well, I'm trying to think of an organ donor replacement. A transplant, that's, you're very helpful to me tonight, Pastor Anna, this is wonderful. I was like, I had a personality transplant. I think what God did is he fully optimised me to who I'm meant to be as a child of God. This is what I reckon the Holy Spirit's like. They say um, in, 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 in spirit-filled doctrine that, that when we're baptised with Holy Spirit, Jesus says rivers of living water will come up out of your inner person, out of your spirit being. We have a deposit of Holy Spirit. It's a bit like a friend of mine bought a Tesla car recently. Awesome car. Now it's worth a lot of money. But he said this. He said, you know, if I pay an extra $10,000... The software people behind the scenes could do the little ticking, unlock some keys and some of that, and he can go at an extra one or two seconds faster getting to 100 kilometres for an extra $10,000. It's as if the full capacity of the Tesla car is already there. It just needs to be unlocked. That's what being baptised in the Holy Spirit's like. It is you fully unleashed as God has meant you to be. Some of you are wondering... Why do I feel dry? Why do I feel like there's more sometimes? I'd like to propose tonight, God wants to give you a fresh touch of his presence and power. But for some of you, this might be the first time you say, I want to put my hand up for that. I want to be a fully optimised version and I want to live the life that I've meant to be living. Some of you are reading the Bible, you're trying hard, you're faithful and that's good. God's saying to you, you just need more power and I've got power to give to you. I know this, I've been walking with people a long time and, and when people have got pain, it's wonderful. I can come up beside them, give them a warm cuddle, say a supportive prayer to them, give them a food voucher, give them a call seven days later, get some support around them. But when you need healing, you need more than just a comforting prayer and a nice cuddle. You need power. And God has given us the ability to be dispensers of his grace and power to the people around us. There are, there are three ways that God can work in planet Earth. Number one, he can just zap people. And he's been known to do that. If you read the 66 books of the Bible, biblical account, he's stopped the sun one day. In the future, he's going to turn the, the moon into blood. 
He does all this dramatic stuff. He can move storms and do all sorts of stuff like that. But that's not the main way how God works on planet Earth. Number two, he works through God's people and gives them power to be carriers of power and we had to dispense that. And so people know, oh, I've received a touch from heaven. Some of you are working, how do we get heaven on earth? It's, it's through us. The third way that God gets power and does his work on planet earth, that he gives all of us who are partnering with Holy Spirit, he gives us spiritual gifts, special things to do. Some people have got supernatural knowledge. Some people have got wisdom. Some people have got gifts of healing. Some people have got prophetic utterances. There's nine gifts, plus other people say there's probably 33 other expressions of God at work through us into the world. But some of us tonight need to say, God, I've been hiding. I've been MIA. God, tonight, I want a, a fresh understanding of what my spiritual gifts are and what my job is to be in the, in, in the body of Christ. If you read the book of Acts, now you can... Look at my message this morning and I went through it. I just feel like God's just doing something a little bit different here tonight. It's wonderful. If you go through the book of Acts, 28 chapters, you're going to see healings, uh, people set free from demonic possessions, not just one or, we're talking about four and five examples of this all the way through. We see examples of miracles, signs and wonders, people making epic decisions, getting supernatural wisdom, clarity. You see supernatural confidence. You see supernatural courage going. The book of Acts is over about a 60, 65, um, 60, 60 to 65 period, period. And what you see is churches planning. You see multiplication. Uh, church growth guru, Dr. Peter Wagner, says there are 16 examples in the book of Acts where it talks about expansion, multiplication or increase. You see the church expanding across four major geographical areas heading west as it's going towards Spain. You see the, the, see the word of God going from just the Jewish people to the Gentiles and then to Roman people and across over into Spain. You see this expansion. You see there's 37 or 38 major speeches or preachers in the book of Acts. And all of them are speaking and declaring with power and authority the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see people saying yes to that and saying yes to Jesus and whole households being saved. This is awesome. God wants to take his power, put it in us and have it go through us. I tell you what, I'm, I'm a logical kind of guy. I have to work hard for my study, but I'm an emotional person too. When I pray for people, and this is what happened this morning, I could feel voltage going through me for the benefit of someone else. I feel what a wonderful privilege that I get to partner with God and people start crying. I'm thinking, why are they crying? Because they can feel the love of God. God wants us to be carriers of His power and His presence. Let me tell you a story. This, my wife and I got eight to ten examples of this. We're out just doing life as a husband and wife, having dinner, just traveling places, just talking to people. This is what we constantly get tested by. People say, when you walked in the shop, it's like peace walked in. I was anxious. What, what do you got? You got, they used to say, you got an aura. You got a vibe around you. You guys are good people. Like I went into a dark, I went to my Doc Martin shop to get my repairs. And, and the music in there was desolate. Like, and they're all dressed up like goths and emos. I was so overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Like, these people got no hope. The lyrics were, let's take over the government and let's slash our wrists. I'm thinking, surely people don't believe this. 
I've been around people a long time. Their eyes have got no life in them. And the lady says, I remember you came in here two years ago. I did. I bought a pair of dogs. I remember what it felt like when you walked in. There was peace. Right now, you guys are good people. God bless you. I left my number there. I reckon they're going to, I want them to ring back one day. They've experienced something that they've never experienced before. I mean, late, late July, we're in England on the Cornwall coast having a lunch and having a, a dinner. This young waiter came and interacted with us and we're doing smack talk and all that, just a handsome young guy. At the end, he was quite emotional. He sat down next to me. He says, I know this is probably improper. You're, you're a guest, a customer at this restaurant. He says, you, you glow. You have wisdom. I, you have wisdom. I, I need, I know you're on holidays. Can I buy you a coffee sometime while you're on holidays? I sat with Sasha the next day, a Russian guy. And, and as I dug into his history and trying to discern what God's doing, he says, my parents were part of a church once when I was a boy in Australia. He says, my mum and dad are conflicted and in a lot of trouble. For the five years, that was the happiest period of their life. I said, Sasha, you can have that peace if you want. I didn't feel to pray for him then, but here's my number. He SMSed me the other day. I still remember our talk. I'm still thinking about what you're doing. Again, I say that not to impress you, but to impress upon you this. People are hungry. Religion's out the window in Australia. Like, people don't believe in the church, but spirituality is alive. People are asking questions. And if you come up and you carry the presence of God, they will know. They will know that you have got something that they are looking for. So my job tonight is to get us open to Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. But you know what? Our community is crying out, I need you, God, and he's going to experience them through you and I. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? For some, you've had an experience of Holy Spirit before, and it's been a bit funky. I get that. Sometimes when you start to move in this dimension, people's emotions get involved, and some people do some silly things, and they sort of, you know, when you let God out of the box, um, some people have... um, emotional reactions and all sorts of stuff happens. And, and I appreciate it. I've been around church a long time. I've seen some weird stuff, but I've seen some really awesome stuff, all right? I'll, I'll declare today flags are back. But anyway, that's a different story. I've got my own revelation around flags, which is good, all right? But I'll say this, that this thing about speaking in tongues, you know, I wrestled with this while I was on this journey of trying to understand what does God working through me look like? My mind could not get its head around, why am I speaking in tongues? My mind would block the flow of the Spirit. And then I had this revelation. When I speak in tongues, I'm speaking a language in the spirit realm, communicating with Father, communicating with Jesus, that the devil cannot understand. If you go in in war, in military strategy, often they'll have code crackers um, or, or systems of communication which the enemy can't understand. Like, I've heard of people who've been speaking in tongues and they do speak a language, a dialect that other people can understand. Like, people start singing childhood songs from a remote German village and it means something to somebody else. They say, God is listening to me, he's real. So he does. But when you're praying in, in, in heightened intercessory prayer, we're using a language that the devil can't understand. It drives him nuts. I love it. But remember this, I'm a spiritual being having an earthly experience. So literally, Paul says that I'm a citizen in heaven. So when I speak in tongues, I'm speaking the dialect of my family home. 
where I belong. When you think about it like that, you think we're on planet Earth now having a physical experience and I get to learn second and third languages. The second language I have is English. You need to think about that. Your mind does not need to give your spirit person permission to speak in tongues. It is your natural dialect. For some of you, that's going to help you tonight because I remember it helped me a lot. My mind was getting in the way because my mind often cannot discern the things of the spirit. Romans 8 says this, the mind, those who have the mind of the spirit have life and peace. Those who have the mind of the flesh have, have sin and they have death. There's a way you can flick that over like the flag, and God wants to do a work in some of you tonight. Some of these are going to set you free. For some, it means a gentle surrender. God, I'm sick of living things my own way and shoving you in a box and say, you can only work this certain way in my life. And this morning, we had many people down, especially down this end, they were kneeling. They were kneeling and saying, God, I just surrender. My life is open to do a new thing in my life. I need a fresh touch. It's almost like someone getting a grease and oil change. The little, the little nut at the bottom was being undone. Old oil was draining out and they were getting a fresh touch from God. I know for some of for me, I've gone into a bit of a, a speaking in tongues apologist. I come across this great book by Dr. Bill Hammond, 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. This is a banger. Um, I work with a bunch of other people and we've probably got another 30 definitions. So we might release a book called 100 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. And that's what I love about the Americans. They think they've done a good job. And us Aussies go, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from here, thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll add a few more to that. One thing I know is when I speak in tongues, I'm praying the perfect will of God. When I'm speaking in tongues, I have a supernatural confidence. I'm speaking to my spirit man. I'm stirring up the gift and the presence and the power of God within me. And literally it says in Psalm 18, I can run against a troop and I can scale a wall. I have supernatural creativity and confidence is available for me at that moment. And I believe the anointing, the presence of God is any attribute of God the Father that I need in that moment is expressed through the power and the presence of God. It's a wonderful thought, isn't it? You go to page 66 of this book, one of my favourite definitions of one of the benefits of speaking in tongues is this. When I pray in the natural, I'm praying at the speed of sound. But because God is light and he moves in the dimension of light, when I speak in tongues, I'm praying at the speed of light. I'm praying with great power and with great precision, like a laser beam cutting through steel. Some of you friends need more power. I think I'm done. Let's all stand, shall we? gone early it's a miracle God is in the house God is in the house and we did that with all these wonderful supportive Anna vibes over here on the side so I'd love us I'd love us to um and Ben's got Pastor Ben's got all my notes it's got I had all these theological quotes in there I was going to say some of them were awesome anyway how about I say this being filled with God's unleashed spirit was the normal experience for all the early Christian church, all right? So this is not a Pentecostal thing. It's a Pentecostal denomination, 1906 Azusa Street, revival type stuff. This is the normal New Testament experience, friend. God wants you to walk in his power. There are people in your world who are crying out for a touch from God that only you will be able to bring to them, friends. So for some of you tonight, you say, I just need more power. God, I'm open to be a carrier of the presence of God. The Bible records that 
the apostles were so full of God's power that as they walked down, as their shadows went on people, people were healed and set free. Some of you have been carrying sins that keep holding you back and stopping the flow of God moving more consistently through your life. And you need power to overcome that obstacle. I love this, that Jesus modelled, he received power from the Father, but he banked the win and he locked it in with prayer and he had a spirit of overcoming and he had personal power and Holy Spirit power. And that combination helped him, like it says in Philippians 2. Holy Spirit gives us the desire to be like Jesus, but also the power to be like Jesus. Some of you just say, God, I need a fresh touch from God. Some of you got pain in your body and you need, I can feel it right now, the Holy Spirit power is here to heal. You need a breakthrough in healing, I'm happy to come. I want to stand in agreement with you in the name of Jesus. I want to see that thing touched in Jesus' name. Last thing I want is you to leave here tonight the same way that you came in. I don't know if any of you are feeling feeble. I can feel him here right now. It's wonderful. So much so when he's here, I start wanting to sing, but I won't do that. Some of you said, wow, this is awesome. This is the first time I've ever heard a message and a teaching about being baptised in Holy Spirit. It was weird the first time I heard speaking in tongues, but I, I was so captivated by it. I pursued it because my spirit person knew this is what I needed next. And if that's you, look, you're going to have a lot of people coming forward. Some are going to be kneeling. But if you, if you really want to, for the first time, or you've tried a couple of times, you said, God, I want to be baptised in Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Maybe you guys might want to hang over that side so at least I know, I know, you know the focus that I can come. I think I'm going to come and pray and see some of you released tonight in Jesus' name. God's good, isn't he? Let's just put out our hands right now. And just, God, you see hands open right now, ready to receive. We're hungry for you. Father God, our nation needs a move of God. The world I live in, it's gone crazy gone crazy because it doesn't have you and doesn't have your love and doesn't have your power in it. People are doing stupid things. We need a touch from heaven. God, revive, restore, reinvigorate. People who are dry tonight, I pray, mighty God, I pray for a fresh touch of heaven. I pray for an outpouring on your people tonight. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, some of us are going to say, God, I'm going to let you out of the box. I'm going to take the lid off the box. We need you, Holy Spirit. We want you, Holy Spirit. God, we want this church to be a powerhouse. This church can only be a powerhouse till we decide I am God's powerhouse myself. I have gifts. I have abilities given by Holy Spirit. I'm deciding tonight I'm going to release them to the benefit of other people. Friends, as the team starts to lead us and sing and minister, I'd encourage you boldly, step out of your seat and come and do business with God tonight and myself and some of the pastors. We're going to come and pray. We're going to ask you your name and then I'm going to ask you if you need healing, whatever it is, I'm going to pray for a touch from heaven. Some of you, as I said, may need to just come and kneel as an act of surrender and say, God, I don't understand it all yet, but I'm opening up my heart and mind to you. Shine your light in dark places. Make crooked paths straight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond now.